All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Halley with you. Gavin, the intern, alongside with me producing this show today. We've got Zach Lang and Cam Lewis going to join us later on in the program here to recap the Oilers 7-4 loss out in Toronto. We had some members of the Oilers Nation family out there for the Nation vacation presented by AMA Travel. And unfortunately, they'll be leaving the arena disappointed, uh, but probably well lubricated and ready to go have some fun out in Toronto on the show tonight. Of course, we will recap exactly what went wrong for the Edmonton Oilers. There's a couple places we can go in this one after a great start to the game. Of course, we'll get to the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. But first, a quick recap of exactly what happened in the game. I'm sure you saw, so we'll try to make it quick. Uh, Achari scores the first goal of the game. Leafs have a one nothing lead. The Oilers bounce back very strongly. Matias Ekholm with the absolute clapper over the shoulder. And uh, evens up the game at one apiece. Evander Kane would score his 10th goal of the season. A little wraparound action to make it a 2-1 to one after 20 minutes. Connor McDavid would get a Connor McDavid-like goal to start things off in the second period. Two and a half minutes in. Made it 3-1 for the Oilers. But that's where the collapse started. And uh, a lot of things. We praised the Edmonton Oilers for a lot in these games against the Boston Bruins, you know, not shooting themselves in the foot, doing things to keep themselves in the game. Uh, tonight, though, one play I was very critical of, Orion McLeod with an absolutely terrible decision. You're up 3-1. Uh, he locked in on Darnell Nurse, makes a pass, cross crease right in front of his net. Mitchell Marner intercepts, makes a nice play, beats Stuart Skinner, it's 3-2. A couple minutes later, Vinny DeArnay, a similar type play. Mitch Marner in his face once again, coughs it up. Marner would find Willie Nylander to make it a 3-3 game. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs go on a run. Uh, Darnell Nurse loses a battle at the red line. The puck goes the other way. Matthews Marner back of the net. 4-3 Maple Leafs have the lead. Then Darnell Nurse takes a penalty. Unfortunate timing for Darnell Nurse. I feel like he's going to get a lot of flack in here. I already see one person calling him trash, saying terminate his contract. Don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, yep, John Tavares on the power play. 
It was bad. It was a bad one for the Edmonton Oilers. Austin Matthews would get on the board as well in the third period on the power play, his 30th goal of the season. Leon Dreisaitl scores a goal, but uh, didn't do too much. Nolachari would score an empty netter as the Toronto Maple Leafs skate on to a 7-4 victory over the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, there's a lot of blame that can be spread around in this one. I thought, uh, obviously, the play by Ryan McLeod was tough. Darnell Nurse, a couple of plat bad plays in this one. Also going to be heightened by his contract. I'm sure the, the number 9.25 is going to pop up in the chat a little bit here. Also, I thought the officiating in this game was absolutely garbage. Trash officiating both sides. Uh, they let this game get out of hand at points. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, yeah, you move forward. You try to move on from that one. A tough one. I guess if you want it for a positive in this game, uh, Connor McDavid, three points on the night, continues to put up. Huge numbers on the season. Uh, right now, we're going to get to the good, the bad, the oily, brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. Gavin, good on the production work there because I know I jumped right into the liner. I'm a little bit fired up in this one. Also want to give a quick shout out to everybody on Facebook and YouTube. The comment section going crazy already. Make sure you hit that like button. If you're watching on Twitter, give us a retweet. Let's get some new viewers in here. Some new uh, fresh voices in the conversation. All right. For the good, the bad, the oily, we bring in Zach Lang of Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff. Zach, uh, tough one tonight for the oil, hey? Yeah, that was ugly. That was a tough one. It was. I mean, front to back, it was just a, not a great game. Um, you know, it's tough giving up the first goal in a game, but you got to love the way that the Oilers responded, or more specifically, Matthias Eckholm responded. Felt like the opposite of the Boston game, right? Where, you know, the Oilers jumped out to the early lead, then Boston got a goal back on what felt like their first zone entry of the game. I actually think it was their first zone entry. First shot, for sure. Uh, that was a great shot from Eckholm. Um, you know, nice to see some of the offense coming through in his game and you know it was good to see the Oilers get a lead in this game too right Evander Kane scores on a beautiful wraparound Connor McDavid finds a way to sneak one through and then I mean shit the wheels just absolutely fell off from there um pretty ugly one yeah I mean it's hard to sugarcoat it in this one extremely disappointing uh shooting themselves in the foot doing all the little things incorrectly at crucial moments you're up 3-1 and uh, man, I, that, uh, I'm going to have a hard time. That, that Ryan McLeod turnover was one of the worst. We'll get into that later. It's the good, the bad, the oily. We have to say something that was good tonight because that is part of the segment. So for the good tonight, we'll go with the first 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was good. The Oilers were up three to one. Uh, you have a two goal lead in the NHL, uh, especially the way the Oilers were playing in tight games. We just saw it against the Boston Bruins, you know, fighting back into it. Uh, it, it was good to see. Good to see Evander Kane get on the board. Like you said, Matthias Ekholm, a big-time shot there. And Connor McDavid doing things that only he can do. Uh, there was a tweet that went out there. I believe it was Scott Wheeler talking about, like, does does McDavid have this edge on goalies? Because he just can score in so many different ways. Um, yeah, I mean, if we got to find a good, we can say at, at 3-1, things were looking good. Yeah, they were. I mean, like I said, there was a lot of good things in there. You know, Evan Bouchard, two assists. I mean, how can you argue with the way he's performed uh, since the trade of Tyson Berry away and bringing in Matias Ekholm? Um, you know, Ekholm has surely helped to, I guess, calm Bouchard's game a little bit. But as I wrote about earlier this week at OilersNation.com, you know, Evan Bouchard in his own right is one hell of a young defenseman in the NHL. Um, basically, everybody he's played with um, have had positive goal shares when they've been on the ice together. Um, for a 23-year-old defenseman who's really still finding his way in this league, you know, those are some really impressive numbers. And then, I mean, what else can you say, right? Connor McDavid, uh, three-point night in Toronto. Uh, or sorry, a two-point night in Toronto. My apologies. Uh, no, wait, he did have three points. He had three right. points, yeah. He did have three points. He got the assist on the uh, the Leon Dreisaitl goal as well there. I forgot about that one. Um, but it was a great start to the game. It was. Uh, I thought the Oilers played well. You know, they were outshot like five or six nothing early in that game. Uh, and after the Akari goal, it really felt like the Oilers kind of turned it around there. And they were able to establish the game and, and get a lead back um, to head back into that second period. And, you know, I think you can almost be happy with the first like 33 minutes of the game, right? Because, you know, McDavid did have that goal pretty early on in the second frame. 
Yeah, yeah. I just want to throw out there that uh, our Betway predictions uh, last post game or last Oilers Nation after dark. I said McDavid three points. So I hope people listen to me. Betway, bet responsibly. Nineteen plus. Uh, Eric says, "Can I swear at you guys to make myself feel better?" Damn Oilers. Yeah, Eric, go ahead, vent, man. If you want to swear at us, feel free. Uh, take out your rage on us, and then don't take it out on anyone else. Okay, with the good comes the bad, and the bad tonight for this one, the turnovers and. Uh, I, I bit my tongue and I held off for a little bit, but Ryan McLeod, I mean, what are you doing? Anyone who's played almost any team sport can relate to this one. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, you don't pass in front of your goalie. Soccer, you don't do that. Basketball, you don't throw it in front of the hoop like that. And you don't stare down your target. Like it, it's just a play that in a 3 1 game, you know, spin around, take a lap, go glassing out, do something a little simpler because that's that's all the Maple Leafs need. I mean, they have talent on that roster. You give them an inch, and I think Darnell Nurse said this at pregame. You know, you give them an inch, they're going to take it and they're going to make you pay. And that's exactly what happened. The Leafs' best players were their best players. Uh, Vinny DeArnay, uh, the, the following goal, turnover there cost them both times Mitch Marner making plays for his squad but Zach I I look at those two turnovers in crucial moments avoidable plays and you know it it comes back to bite the Oilers uh I'm going to give credit to Coombsy on this one because he's currently writing the wrap-up for weathersnation.com since bagged milk is presumably about 27 (laughs) beers deep right now uh Coombsy said in our little group chat big Leaf fan growing up moment for McLeod there, my goodness. And I think that is a very good way to put it. I mean, that is just a, a awful, awful turnover. Um, you'd obviously love to see Stuart Skinner, you know, bail his, his forward out there. But in the same breath, I mean, it's Mitch Marner. I mean, what can you mm-hmm. do? That was one hell of a move in the offensive zone there in tight at the net to find a way to score that goal. I mean, what can you do, right? At the end of the day, I think, you know, as much as we can sit here and be like, ah, Ryan McLeod and like yell at the sky about it. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that everybody just seemed to kind of crumble after that. Right. Like it just, it just felt like it just completely took the wind out of the sails, which was weird because at the time the Oilers still had a three, two lead. Like, I mean, even after the William Nylander goal a minute late, less than a minute later, you know, it's a three, three game. Like the Oilers are, just as much in it as the Leafs are at that point. Of course, momentum does play a factor into that, right? Um, you know, Vincent Darnay, I thought he's struggled tonight. Uh, I thought he's had a couple of games lately where he struggled. I I like him. I will preface that, but this by saying that I do like Vincent Darnay. But at the end of the day, he's still a rookie in the NHL finding his way. And I think we're seeing some of the warts in his game coming out. And, you know, you look at a, a game like tonight, like I don't think Darnay has the best boots on him. I'll just put it that way, right? I don't think he's a great skater in any sense of the term yet. The Oilers are continuing to have him out there against like heavy attack rush teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I saw somebody on my Twitter. I can't remember who it was, who was kind of talking about this. I think it was a really, really great point, right? Because look, we got a guy in Philip Broberg, you know, who's sitting on the bench right now who got benched because he was playing good. I'm not sure. I, I question the decision to go back to the 12 and six here when we've seen the 11 and seven being so effective. I mean, Connor, it was just a few weeks ago. You and I were sitting here talking about how good the Oilers look as an 11 and seven team. Um, I'm not really sure about the coaching decision to, to mix things up here. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, I, I almost feel like it's just a, a way for them not to have to make a really tough decision on taking one of the forwards out because, you know, going into this one, they had been playing so well, but I'm with you. I think when Vinny Darnay is out there, you certainly have to monitor who the opponent is and who it's going to be, uh, you know, his size and his length, uh, the way he thinks the game are a benefit, but, you know, that's certain situations, guys can take advantage of his, I'd just say the, the lack of mobility that he has there. And yeah, I'm with you. I think Philip Broberg probably uh, slots back into the lineup after this one. And, you know, we'll see if the Oilers go 11 and seven, the Maple Leafs did so tonight. Uh, let's get to the oily very quick here. Uh, we spent a lot of time on the bad because it was bad, but let's give a little shot to or a little shout out to Matias Ekholm with the goal when it matters uh, goes shoulder blocker side over Murray uh, quite the shot and seems like he's got a little more offensive upside than I think a lot of people had to give him credit for when he was acquired. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, we seen it as Oilers fans. This guy scores some big goals against the Oilers. And I actually found that out because I was looking up Matthias Ekholm and any time I'd ever tweeted about him in the past. And I was able to see, oh, hey, he's actually scored some pretty nice goals against the Oilers. Uh, you know, I think Matthias Ekholm has always had offensive upside to his game, right? I think this is a guy who's always been a very, very good two-way defenseman. And while he's been known for that defensive prowess, you know, he's always played behind a guy named uh, Roman Yossi, like one of the best offensive defensemen in the entire NHL. So I almost wonder if like, you know, Ekholm's offensive game was a little bit overlooked uh, for years that he played in Nashville there because, you know, we're seeing elements of that come out now and he's and he's comfortable. He looks comfortable out there doing it he's not shy about jumping in at the rush he stands up strong at the blue line when he needs to and he can take that puck and he can skate with it through the neutral zone and you know if he has to dump it into the offensive zone he will happily do that um again just such a slam dunk of a trade deadline acquisition for this team it you know I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here because we've seen only, you know, a handful of of games from Ekholm here. But this could years down the road be looked at as one of the most impactful trades this organization has ever made. Like it could be akin to like the Dwayne Rollison acquisition ahead of the playoffs. Right. Like, you know, just talking about a guy who comes into the team, it just solidifies the position immediately. Like Rollison took over that crease and he ran with it all the way. And Ekholm's kind of come in defensively. And I think he's having a similar sort of impact. Right. Um, but in the same breath, you know, you've still got guys like Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece that are still struggling out there. There, right um might be time to see if you know Ackholm and bouchard can handle some some tougher competition and a little bit more minutes yeah 100 uh and i mean we we talked about it already in the bad darnell nurse gonna get some flack for this one a couple bad penalties for him uh you know couldn't couldn't make the play at the red line which resulted in the goal the other way that one doesn't bug me as much as the mcleod one because if you're gonna make a mistake make it at you know near center ice don't make it in the blue paint but I digress. Uh, we got a lot of fingers to point in you. I thought, Zach, you had a good point there. I mean, it was 3-2, 3-3, and the Oilers could not find ways to get that momentum back. All right, let's bring in uh, Cam now, uh, joining us from his humble abode there. I like that background he got there. Cam, good evening. Uh, I think we'll just keep going on with the bad because the Oilers lost and the turnovers were killers. Uh, Zach mentioned what you had said about uh, Ryan McLeod, you know, Leafs fan helping him out there. Just your thoughts overall on the performance and uh, the, the costly turnovers tonight. Uh, yeah, that was frustrating. I can definitely understand why we're going to talk bad pretty much the entire way. I don't think anyone's really here right now for good vibes. I mean, there's probably at least a handful of good things you can pull from that. But when you go ahead and blow a 3-1 lead to the Toronto Maple Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada, no one's going to come out of it feeling good. Everyone's going to be frustrated, and it's going to be a long few days before they host the Ottawa Senators next. But, I mean, I don't know. To be fair to the Oilers, and I, 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 I don't love making this point, but I do feel like we should point it out. The Leafs came into this game very well-rested. They hadn't played in a few days. The Oilers were at the tail end of a trip. I don't want to make an excuse. It's still incredibly disappointing that they just sort of mailed it in and started playing a sloppy game in the middle of the game, but it's also not all that surprising either. Remember last weekend, back-to-back against Winnipeg, they go to Buffalo, go to Boston. That was two difficult games back-to-back there. And then Toronto, they haven't played in like four days, but it's disappointing. The, 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 the win was right there. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And this could have been the first time in Connor McDavid's career that they win the season series against the Leafs because since McDavid came into the league, Toronto's completely owned the matchup. I mean, they split the season series in the first season, then the Leafs beat them swept them, I think, three seasons in a row in the All-Canadian division. The Leafs beat them in six of nine games, I think it was. Uh, last year, the Leafs, I'm pretty sure, won both the games. I'm not 100% certain, but it's been, a ma- it's been a matchup that Toronto's won pretty heavily, and the Oilers had a chance to pull out a win, sweep both games this season, and they just couldn't find the energy to do it. The Leafs are a good team. They sensed the Oilers were tired and they capitalized, and they were just right there. As soon as, as, soon as the Oilers put took their foot off the gas they were right there and they capitalized yeah 100 percent. you know yeah i think that's a good point we hate the leafs but they are a very good hockey team and they can make you pay we saw that in the second period their star power showed up and uh, obviously took advantage of the oilers oilers nation after dark here recapping the 7-4 loss to the toronto maple leafs if you're on youtube right now make sure you hit that like button uh also subscribe you got to make sure you do that we've got some trolls in there if you're going to troll us at least hit the like button do us that 
Uh, Joey, the backup optimist, says the Leafs are so bad. I don't know. They're they're a pretty good team. Maybe they'll be swinging a miss in the playoffs because of their matchup, but I think they've got a, a decent thing going there. Um, well, I lost. Wait a second. Sorry, I I have to ask, Connor. I just jumped in to see what the chat is saying. Are are they making fun of the oil? Like our Leafs fans in here making fun of the Oilers? Is that's what if is that's what's going on right now? Well, Tim says hello. Um, we've I don't know if it's the same Tim. Just scrolling through here. Okay. I, Aaron Bordado says hi, Zach. Huge fan. I thought Aaron would be out at uh, the pint or something, having a bevy or two, but he's tuning in I tonight. Hello. He I bet you he is, and he's tuning in right now. I like that. I like that. Okay. I'm, I'm still scrolling. I can't find it. It's like we've drowned out Tim, uh, but there was a, you know, trash franchise and uh, McDavid should have some cups, just things like that. You know? Well, you know what? If there's any Leafs fans in here watching, I just have to say thanks guys for such a close rocket Richard race this year. What's Matthews back now? 25 goals. Yeah. He scored his 30th the season this year. That's a lot of goals, man. 30 goals. A lot of goals. It's a lot of goals. <laughs> And leading the league in block shots amongst forwards. So he's growing as a player. He's adding to it. Well, uh, I've been informed by Gavin. You don't have the puck on your stick. Yeah. What is that about blocking shots in rats or something? I, I, yeah, I, exactly. We, we heard that one before with those Chris Russell. Uh, Tim's been put in Twitter or sorry, YouTube timeout. Gavin, the intern, tells me that. So Oilers fans, don't worry about it. And uh, the numbers are already going up. More and more people getting in here. Now the trolls are out. Uh, I don't. We'll come back to this game, but I just want to ask you, Cam, very quickly here. Uh, Oilers next game, Senators. What lineup changes are you making? I mean, is anyone coming? Out? Who's anyone who's going in? Are you making a change between the pipes potentially? I think you kind of have to start Jack Campbell there. I think it was not the easiest thing to not start him in that game in Toronto. Obviously, his last start of the game in Winnipeg was a disaster. And I mean, we're we're kind of at the point now where you're you're putting in Jack Campbell the rest of the way in situations where you're doing so to rest Stuart Skinner so you don't run him into the ground before the playoffs. You're almost you're looking at okay, who's the weakest opponent on the schedule? And right now you have Ottawa. To be fair to the Sens, they are rolling, they're playing well, they're right in the mix for a playoff spot. They're on the outside looking in. But you look at everybody else coming up and there's Dallas. They're one of the better teams in the West Western Conference. Seattle, that's a four point game right there. There's not a tremendous amount of opportunities to roll Campbell and you can't roll ride Skinner into the ground right now. You know, as badly as you want to finish at the top Pacific division, you can't, you know, play Stuart Skinner in 16 games in a row to finish off the season. So, so I do think it's Campbell against the Sens. Uh, I think Zach mentioned this earlier. I'd like to go to, to 11 forward, seven defensemen again. I think the Oilers blue line is a bit more multidimensional than all that way. Uh, Vinny Dernay is kind of having a hard time, like Zach said, kind of keeping up with this with the speed. So when you do need to put in a defender that has, you know, better wheels, you use Broberg there, maybe it would be a five on five Dernay's in the penalty kill. That's kind of how they fit nicely. But I do kind of wonder, like, is he actually actually has benched or is this like an injury thing? Because remember at the end of the Winnipeg game in Edmonton last week, week on Friday, you got drilled in the face by that Winnipeg, uh, that big Finnish guy. I can't remember his name. And, uh, so Saku like Mayalainen. Yeah, like an absolute creative player name. Um, that happens. So you're going to wonder, is he dealing with an injury or something going on there? Because it seems kind of bizarre that they've just stopped, stopped playing him. If Roberg is available, I'd hope they 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 put him back in. I feel like the, the blue line could, line could use that. Zach, what do you think? Any changes coming here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like I said earlier, I'll stand by it now. Um, you know, I think you have to go back to 11 and 7 here i think you need to do it for a little bit so you know if broberg is hurt i just wish they would just come out and say it right because like at the end of the day like <laughs> i think you've mentioned this in the past connor how jay woodcroft is like he's just a football coach it's what he's crazy he's like he's not it does it drives me up the wall as well like i don't understand why like what 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 are the Oilers gaining by not divulging anything about Philip Broberg's status? Like if he's hurt, just say he's hurt. Like it doesn't need to be this big, like, woo, secrecy thing. But again, this is something the Oilers have always done with players is they've just gone above and beyond to protect, protect, protect in every possible situation. Um, 
I digress. I would go back to the 11 and seven here and I would do it pretty quickly. So, you know, no problem bringing out a guy like Devin Shore. Uh, no problem bringing out a guy like Clint Austin. Like, look, is it great that Devin Shore has produced a little bit of a little bit of offense here? Yes, absolutely. But when you look at five on five goal share, um, you know, Devin Shore is somehow like plus 60%, but all of his other underlying numbers are sub 50%. He's got among the worst, you know, underlying shot, shot attempt share, scoring chance share, expected goal share. You know, he's just really been quite lucky and he he has been playing some good hockey as of late for sure. But again, we're talking about a guy who's like your 13th, 14th forward as a tweener right now. Um, whereas a guy like Philip Robert can step into this lineup and have much more of an impact, I think, on the Oilers defense as a whole as a seventh defenseman. And I think that's the way that this team needs to be thinking. I I think that being unconventional and running 11 and seven is actually a good thing because I also think is it I also think it makes it more difficult on opposing coaches to get proper line matching and get the matchups that they want out there, right? Like it's hard when you have one of Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, or Leon Dreisaitl coming over the boards every second shift, right? Like it's it really makes things difficult for the opposing teams, I think. Um, and I think the Oilers need to play into the strengths of what they are as a team and just accept the fact that they're just an eleven and seven group here. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's just there's the benefit is just there. Yeah, and they they've shown they do a good job with it. I think Dave Manson puts the guys out there in good situations to have success, play to their strengths. You'd love to see it. Uh Tim on YouTube says, Hey guys, hey Tim, different Tim. Uh one we, we like here. Uh we also have I think Steve saying first time. Steve, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. We've got on the old uh, Facebook here. And Jennifer says this game wasn't on Skinner, it was the pathetic turnovers. Yeah, I don't think any of us have really put anything on Skinner in this one. Uh put in bad situations and you know, power play goals. Like it just, it, w- it wasn't a good night for the Oilers uh, after the opening 30 minutes there, give or take a little bit. Um, once again, though, if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Um, should mention a couple things before we uh, get back into it. Uh, I've talked about AMA travel nation vacation tonight, Tyler, Jay, baked milk, probably gonna have a really good time out in Toronto after uh, the game tonight. Check out AMA travel. Also oodle noodle has free Oilers Nation stickers at all their locations. So go visit any Oodle Noodle location, snag a sticker and some tasty noodles. I asked the guys last time, uh, what's the go-to order at Oodle Noodle? Cam, what do you got? Oh, I always get the hot box. Hot box. I will use that. With green onion cakes as well. I like the... I'm probably going to butcher it here, but I, I believe it's pronounced the Bancha Gyo, I think. Uh, it's like the premium box. It comes with like some spring rolls and like some meat in it and stuff like that. Uh, that's my go-to. It's my absolute favorite. And always, always a green onion cake with some peanut sauce. Good choice. It's good choice. And go there and get, you know, some free stickers. Actually, that was one of the requests I got from my sister when I started this. Like, oh, you got to get me a sticker for my car. So uh, I'm also going to go to Oodle Noodle and take advantage of that one. Uh, we'll get to the, the Nation uh, birthday bash next weekend in a minute here. Um, well, let's go back into it. Uh, we've got some people talking about clean cost in potentially, you know, being a playoff style player. Uh, do you guys have urgency to get him back into the lineup? I mean, if we were to go to an 11 and seven, uh, you know, you're going to have to take out a couple guys. So is, is there an urgency to get clean cost back into the lineup, Zach? I wouldn't necessarily call it like an urgency. Like I'm not like dying to see Clem Costin on the ice every single night. Um, I do prefer him as the sort of 12th forward. If the, or the 11th forward, sorry, if the others are going uh, the 11 and seven route, I think he's just, he brings an element that the others don't necessarily have in their bottom six. Devin Shores feels a little bit redundant. He's not a very physical player, whereas Costin can go out there and really throw the body around, um, you know, try, and generate a little bit of energy uh, and he's still got some nice hands around the net as well so um, I, I I wouldn't necessarily call it an urgency but I, I would prefer him to see him in the lineup more often than not life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coomzy, what about you? Yeah, I think you can probably survive swapping out Devonshore for Clem Cost, and we're all enjoying the Devonshore number 19 ride there for a minute. But I don't know. I mean, after the Boston game, it's pretty hard to switch the lineup at all. Like, you go in and beat them and beat the best team in the league, and it's like, ah, I'm not going to change the lineup at all next game. But it probably made some sense, hypothetically, to have fresh legs in the lineup. So I imagine it's in the lineup. So I imagine when they do play the Sens, we already brought up the Broberg thing and ready to go, then that would be that would make sense. And then the other one would be to put cost in and get, get someone new that sat out for a few games in the mix. Somebody coming in that's motivated that sat there and watched a little while, probably tries to prove a point, do something good. Yeah. I get that little bump from coming back into the lineup. I think we saw that with Warren Fogle for a, a while ago when he was a healthy scratch, got back into the lineup and, and had a little bit of a boost there. Uh, Tom, Tom clubs says they should have played cost over Bukestad. Uh, a lot of people defending Ryan McLeod here, Kale, and uh, there was someone else. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Ryan McLeod will bounce back strong. It was, it, it was a terrible play. Uh, it happens. You know, you're not going to be perfect on every night. And uh, I think the best way to to never make that mistake again is to make that mistake. You do it once and you realize, okay, I'm not going to mess around with that again. Jesus, Mitch Marner, though, man. Uh, did it back-to-back goals there, Mitch Marner. Kind of shaking shit up there for the opposing team. Doesn't go in the Oilers' favor. Okay, uh, Loomis tagged me in a tweet. I'll check that out in a couple minutes here, Loomis. Um, I'm working on a phone here, so I can't really go back and forth too efficiently. Uh, Scotty91, Hyman is struggling. A little bit of talk about Zach Hyman. Uh, Cam, have you noticed that from Hyman? I He's got a, one goal in the last three or four games, if it comes to mind. But, I mean, even if he's not putting the puck in the net, he's always doing the little things. That's what I thought. I mean, you always tend to notice him doing her back checkings on the penalty kill. He crashes the net. He takes a beating every game and a game. And I think that's, you know, pretty clear. I, I a player like that. I mean, you know, he's already hit the 70 point plateau. Um, he could pretty much not score a point for the rest of the season. And you're, you're, you're thrilled with his production. I mean, Zach Hyman does so much under the so much under the radar that I'm, I'm not too concerned really at all. And at this point, they have so many other players in the team that score goals. It's nice to have someone that does all those kind of under the radar little things so frequently. Uh, I just want to bring this one up. Loomis, uh, I, I went and checked out what you tagged me in here. It came from Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic. He says, for what it's worth, Ryan McLeod and Vincent D'Arnais were requested for post-game interviews. The Oilers leadership group didn't want them to speak. Evander Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins spoke instead. I know I, I work in media, and so I maybe have a bit of a bias here. I I think they can speak. I think Ryan McLeod and, and Vinny Dayarnay can, can go out there and talk about what happened, especially Dayarnay getting into that dust up with John Tavares and taking one hell of a slash from him. I wonder if the Department of Player Safety will look into that one because that was some bad intentions coming there from uh, Jonathan to or John Tavares. Sorry, Zach, what do you think about that? Uh, do you like the move by the leadership group to maybe shelter their young players a little bit there? I do. 
I like it. I, I honestly do. Now, like I, I now I, I will say as somebody who also works in media and has been around, you know, scrums in, in NHL locker rooms in the past, you know, of course there's the element of you want to talk about, you know, the guys like the Ryan McLeods and the Vincent D'Arnais. But at the end of the day, those two guys solely aren't the reason that the Oilers lost this game. It's what I was talking about earlier, right? Like, did Ryan McLeod absolutely have maybe one of the worst turnovers we've ever seen from an NHL player to lead to a goal against? Yes, absolutely. That was a horrible, horrible giveaway. But at the end of the day, like, he's not the reason that, like, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six more goals were scored afterwards. I mean, you know, same thing with Vincent D'Arnais, right? Does he have a bad giveaway on a goal? Yes, absolutely. But uh, hey, like, and not to doggy pile on him as as much as a lot of people do, but you know, Darnell Nurse had some pretty egregious giveaways. Cody Cece was fighting the puck. You know, why aren't the Oilers media? Why aren't they asking to talk to a guy like Darnell Nurse to ask him the same kind of a questions? I, I firmly do believe that you know Ryan Cloud and Vincent Darnay are are men, and they can go out there and speak to the media absolutely, but. In the same breath, it also feels like it's, you know, the Oilers leadership group saying, hey, you know what? This isn't just on these guys. Like they know the articles that could be written uh, out of something and out of a game like this. Right. So I have a lot of respect for the Oilers leadership group stepping up and saying, hey, you know what? No, we're going to go take this one on the chin because, again, like I said, I don't feel that this game uh, solely lied at their feet. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, my interactions with the only former NHLer that I talk to is Jason Strudwick, and he tells me, you know, if you speak to the media, you can control the, the storyline, right? You can say your piece. If you don't, the writers can take it in any direction they want. So it's good to get in front of it. But I, like you said, good to see them uh, talking about that. Uh, also going on in the Facebook chat, we talked about the Tavares slash on Vinny DeArnay. Uh, Brian says he needs a big finer suspension. And then we had someone else saying it's five minutes. So uh, differing opinions. That was Brent. Uh, five minutes. Don't need a hearing. Sorry. Uh, Cam, what do you think about the the two youngsters not speaking to the media? I mean, it, it may be something that doesn't have to be overblown here. No, definitely not something we have to overthink at all. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unsure of what, what the point of that is. I, I think I would just let the guys go and speak for themselves. I feel like that smells. I feel like that's more more advantageous to if you made a move like that and then you say you're Ryan McLeod and you say you're Ryan McLeod and you're Miss Toronto and you make that play maybe you were staring at the lights whatever happened and you got distracted and you made a terrible play and they scored the goal I feel like I would rather go out and just say oh you know I um you know I, I'm really upset about them to say this some to say this some generic hockey shit like the players always say it's not like the post-game <laughs> interviews ever anyway so it, it just to me kind of feels like you know going you know going up and telling feels feels weird it feels like they're being stepped on a little bit and i feel like if i if i had made that play and i had looked like, if i had made that play and i had looked like a donkey it might have gone and spoken about it but i don't really know the players in the room i don't know the dynamics so whatever i'm sure the the, the call was fine but from from it seems like a kind of a weird thing to do it seems it seems like you're taking away the player's agent you're taking away the player's agency a little bit yeah, and I mean, I, I wonder what the quote would have been. Like you said, like, yeah, I, I messed up. It was a bad play. Got to learn from it. Uh, maybe you're not going to get too much. Uh, Brent says, sorry, boys. I do really like the Oilers, but I've been a Leafs fan since birth, but solid show. I'm new here, but I like it, Brent. Hopefully you'll be back. Uh, someone else here is saying, I believe it was Jessica. I'll put Nurse in front of the media and let him try to explain himself. Uh, you know, you can rip on Darnell Nurse for his play all you want. Uh, the guy's always speaking to the media. Uh, I, I think he's never shied away from that one. And they probably didn't request him. I, I get why the Oilers media would have been asking for those two players that they did. But uh, yeah, Darnell Nurse spoke pregame. He, he talked about you give them an inch, they'll they'll make you pay. And they did it tonight. We're up to 105 in the YouTube chat. Um Thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you hit that like button quickly. Uh, Zach, the slash by Tavares. Two minutes, good enough. You think that should be a fine. Some people say suspension, maybe a little heavy. Where do you come out on that one? We see him happen all the time. Like we see wax on the wrist quite often. That felt a little bit more than just a whack on a wrist. I mean, we're talking about John Tavares literally swinging his stick like this like a 
over the shoulder motion to come down on Vincent Dernay's hands. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't, I don't like the fact that they pulled both of them out of that scrum. You know, I don't think DRNA needed to go to the penalty box for anything there. You know, those, that was just two guys battling for position in front of the net. We see these little, you know, these little cross checks all the time in front of the net that go uncalled, but, you know, coming down with a a massive two handed swing like that. um, I don't know. I just, I think it was a little bit much. Cam, what do you think? It, it, it felt it felt like a bit excessive. You're looking at the kind of back and forth, and it's like, oh yeah, the two guys are going at it. He's using his stick a little bit. He's getting it in there, kind of standard D man in front of the net stuff. And Tavares takes a baseball takes a baseball swing at a man like <laughs> it was like he was he was in play and like lining up the gap or something. Like he, he was really swing he was really swinging. It's it's worrisome if you're Darren Ace because with the hand or wrist injury that he suffered in. Um, I think it was the rookie tournament all the way back in what's like August, September, whatever. So you saw also in the broadcast, his hands already wrapped up. So you got to mm-hmm. hope that you got to hope that's not like re-aggravating an already existing injury. It's um, an unfortunate one. I would be shocked if the Department of Player Safety does anything about it. But if he does anything about it, but uh, the two teams aren't going to see just <laughs> they go ahead and meet in the Stanley Cup final, which would be fucking in sick of final, which would be this is something that I will maybe have to boil over to next year. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, say, go ahead. I'll say this though, really quick. I just thought of this too. Uh, who remembers the Boston game towards the end of the game when Vincent Darnay had the two handed whack to the middle of the back of David Pasternak that looked like it absolutely <laughs> killed him? Yeah, karma's like, yeah. uh, a bit of a bit. <laughs> yeah right like it's like oh yeah okay maybe there's a little bit of karma involved in that one for uh for big mini d yeah I mean, and i'm thinking if i'm uh tavares in that situation i'm pretty pissed off too like i i don't care you just been abusing my back yeah you're you're gonna get the slash there uh one last thing we'll get to here before we bring in gavin make a couple predictions here uh where is it i believe leanne mentioned the officiating says call me biased but i feel the officiating through the whole game was favoring toronto uh i i went on leafs twitter i was scrolling through and you know for the first half of the game leafs fans were quite upset about the officiating i thought it was kind of a joke that they kept taking two guys off you know pick one try to get rid of that that little the small stuff that goes back and forth but i didn't like the officials for either team tonight uh start with you cam what did you make of the officiating crew tonight in toronto yeah i thought the refing was terrible but i'm not gonna say that from like an oilers fan perspective mm-hmm. where it felt like oh man the oilers are getting completely screwed over it's leaps 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 this 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 i felt it was it was a lot of things missed when there'd be two guys taken off at the same time for like a scrum where it was clear one guy had done more than the other i mean we just talked about the Tavares darren's thing uh Tavares should be the only guy uh, Tavares should be the only guy going off there so the event Kane and who was he make one thing I think it was um and Kane was pretty clearly the agitator and Kane was pretty clearly the agitator there like he's the one guy that should be going off and I don't know there was one point where the Leafs had significantly more power play opportunities than the others the others didn't have their first one until the third period I think it was but the reality was because the Leafs for a minute they were like pretty much they were like pretty much doubling the Oilers and short controlling the play and it's pretty draw a penalty if you're the oilers if you never have the puck so or have the puck so i mean you can't just sit there and expect okay the leaders the Oilers have to have three as well if they didn't draw the penalties like there weren't really instances where things were happening that that were missed from that end i think but it, but but there were there were situations where there was guys scrap where there was guys scrapping and it had been on both it was a, a weirdly i'm not sure who it was advantageous for it just felt like it wasn't done correctly Duncan. Yeah, uh, Jessica says, you know, the refing's bad when both coaches are upset. Yeah, both coaches were not happy with the stripes tonight. Zach, uh, what did you think of it, about their performance tonight? Yeah, it was dog shit. I mean, really, it just was bad. Like, it just was terrible all around. I hate this, you know, oh, take them both sort of thing. Like, what what good does that do anybody? Like, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are going to the box each for yeah. what? Like, 
come on. I, it's just, it was silly the whole night through. I mean, really, like, what are we doing here? Like, if you're going to call a penalty, call a damn penalty. Like, you know, don't just pull both guys like this. And I mean, I guess if you just look at the box score, you can say maybe everything favored the Leafs. They had five power play opportunities to the Oilers three. Um, I don't really believe that there's inherent bias in refereeing either. Um, I think that's just kind of a made up narrative from the fans who want to have a reason to blame the referees. Um, you know, but in the same breath, I, I just thought it was a terribly, terribly officiated game. Yeah. And then at the end there, was it uh Kane and bunting they took off oh. and then gave them double. So we didn't even get four on four. I was like, well, at least it'll open up the ice a little bit. And no, no, that's not going to happen. Um, well, there was that one four on four where it was like McDavid and dry against Matthews and Marner. And I was like, awesome. Oh my God. Like it was just, it was, uh, it was a very exciting thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, we, we need more of that. We need those superstars out there. Uh, Jack says the Leafs outplayed the Oilers tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, they, they did get the win. Uh, just looking around the NHL, games that directly impact the Oilers tonight. Uh, if you're looking for something else to do, it is only 8.30. Maybe you want to go out uh, to the Pines, perhaps. But the Seattle Kraken taking on the Dallas Stars in Seattle. That one currently scoreless. Uh, later tonight, LA will take on Nashville. Obviously, both those teams ahead of the Oilers in the standings and uh, Vegas victorious over Yessa Pugliarvi and the Carolina Hurricanes 4-0. So they extend their lead in the Pacific. They now have 86. The LA Kings will look to uh, catch up in that one. Yessa Pugliarvi, if you're wondering, minus one tonight, three shots in 12 minutes and 47 seconds of play. Uh, Cam, you sent a link here. I clicked it. Yeah, Cam, I well, sent a tweet pointing Frank Saravalli points out that since being dumped by the LA Kings, Jonathan Quick with the Golden Knights is 3-0-0 with a 9-3-9 save percentage. There you go. Motivation. <laughs> it plays a factor. Uh, Gavin, if you want to hop in here as well, uh, we talked about the Udo Noodle stickers. We've talked about Cornerstone Insurance. We've talked about AMA Travel. We talked about Betway, and we'll do our pre- predictions for Betway. Uh, but I, I think all you guys will be going to the 15th birthday bash for Oilers Nation uh, down at the Pine. It's next Saturday downtown pine location tickets are $20 and seven cents 2007 it's the port of free play for kids it's a watch party you got the kraken and the oilers you'll get a swag bag including an exclusive oilers nation nostalgia tea a raffle to win some amazing prizes and if you want to go tickets at nationgear.ca cam is where you going i'm going i'm uh i'm i'm guest bartending actually i'm gonna sling drinks from behind the bar zach you going Oh yeah, and I'm going to be behind the bar too. I'm going to be slanging them all afternoon, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be drinking more than we're handing out. Gavin, Gavin, you yeah. got? Yeah, I'll be there, but I'll be in the other side of the bar. I'll be the one taking the drinks. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, drinks, I'm not pouring no. any drinks. Oh no! <laughs> I uh, like the the for legality reasons. Can you guys drink behind the bar, or do you have to wait till your shift's over? I guess you just take the drink to the bathroom and throw it back quickly and then go and throw it back quickly and then go back. I don't know. Ah, how, do I, how do all of the alcoholic bartenders around Edmonton get away with it? <laughs> whatever, whatever they do is what I find away. They, find they just away. go into the cooler. I was going to yeah, say, exactly. you guys have done this before. You know what you're doing. That's my, okay. That's my understanding. Uh, that's my understanding. Like I said, at nationcare.ca, it's going to be a blast uh, next Saturday at the Pint downtown. You know, it's always a good time at the Pint. And uh, yeah, your Amchuk, I think, will be bartending as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think he, I, from what I hear, big time mixologist, anything you want, he knows how to make it. So uh, yeah, go see your Amchuk. You drink the mistakes. Oh, that's what Jax is on Facebook. You drink yeah. the mistakes. Yeah. Ooh, rum that's and Coke. I know oh, it was Ryan Coke. Uh, yeah. There you go. You make your drink right there. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up here, uh, the Oilers lost at the least seven to four. Let's do some predictions for Betway. So what we do, we do a score prediction for the Oilers sends game on Tuesday. And then we do one uh, little prop bet or whatever you want to do with Betway. We'll start off with the man below me, Cam. Uh, um, I think that uh, we're going to see a huge I think they're going to be pissed about this loss of the Leafs and I, I did mention this I, I did mention this 
credit to Ottawa. They're playing well. Not that bad of a team. I don't know if they're going to squeeze in, but I think this is going to be an all-Canadian division. 2000 will be an all-Canadian division where the Oilers put up like seven goals. So I'm predicting a Connor McDavid five-point night. Oh, geez. I like that one. Uh, Zach, what are you thinking for this one? Yeah, give me the oiler. Uh, the over. Give me the oil. God damn. Give me the over on the Oilers team total. Jesus, words are hard tonight. Uh, yeah, give me the over on the Oilers team total. I imagine it'll probably be set at like three and a half. I'm gonna take the over on that one. Like I, I, I Ottawa is a team that struggled defensively all season long. They've posted some decent numbers as of late, but you know, like Coombsy said, I think you know the Oilers are gonna kind of come in pissed off after this one and uh, want to come out with a big victory. So uh, I think that's what we're gonna see from uh, the boys in blue. Gavin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go over because last time we played Ottawa this year, we won by six to three. And yeah, Hyman's been scoreless in his last five games. So I think Hyman finds it back of the net as well. And Oilers win. Uh, let's go four to one. All right. I'll take, uh, I'm going to go a five two Oilers win. And uh, I, I like your Gavin there. I'm going to give him two points on the night to find a way to get back on the score sheet. Um, the Canucks taking on the Sens right now. I thought it said it was one one there. One nothing, sorry. One nothing, Vancouver. Uh, Ottawa plays in Calgary on Monday also. So fatigue could be a factor for them. Maybe uh, you fend off that initial surge and maybe, maybe the Sens uh, kind of fade away there. And Brent on uh, Facebook says, don't sleep on the Sens. I like the Sens. I think they got a lot of nice yeah, pieces there. Yeah, playing good hockey for sure. Yeah, fun team to watch. Okay, well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, quickly, shout out to uh, Cornerstone. Check out cornerstoneins.ca slash nation. You get an online tenant or condo insurance quote and use code word nation. Also, uh, I don't know if they're watching, but uh, Tyler, Jay, Bag Mail, have fun. They're on the nation vacation out in Toronto. Uh, powered by AMA Travel. Shout out to AMA Travel. If you're doing any vacationing, uh, they can help you out. The Oilers Nation, 15th birthday bash next Saturday down at the Pint downtown. You can get your tickets at nationgear.ca. Just over $20. And that goes to a great cause in uh, free play for kids. Of course, Oodle Noodle. Go to any Oodle Noodle location. Grab a bite to eat and grab a Oilers Nation sticker. Slap that bad boy on your car or laptop or binder, wherever you might want to. Maybe your phone. And then Betway. Betway. Bet responsibly. 19 plus. Cam, Zach, Gavin, thank you guys for all you did tonight. Appreciate it as always. Uh, to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Make sure you hit that like button on your way out. Tell your friend about it. If you're watching on Twitter, give it a retweet so everyone can see this fine program that we put together after Oilers games. And uh, we'll talk to you next time, hopefully Tuesday, after an Oilers victory over the Ottawa Senators. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.